Hey, WestJet said it's going to unveil a new ultra-low-cost carrier later this year. To talk about it, we're joined by uh, the VP of Marketing and Communications at WestJet, Richard Bartram's on the show. Richard, welcome. Thank you, Kelly. So, Richard, what is this uh, new ultra-low-cost uh, no-frills carrier going to look like? Well, that's exactly what we're working on right now. But if you look at the category itself of what an ultra-low-cost carrier looks like, this is the complete unbundling of products and services so that essentially the idea that I would get this for free on an airline kind of goes away. But the but what the consumer gets, the traveling public gets in return, is rock-bottom low fares. And that's what we're, uh, we've announced today that we'll, be having, we'll have up and running by the end of the year. Aren't we already seeing an unbundling in uh, you know, our higher-priced carriers? Well, you're seeing that you're seeing a part of that today, um, and what you're seeing is, uh, if you look uh, back over the last decade, for example, uh, airlines weren't actually making an awful lot of money operating airlines, but they were making money uh, through the ancillary revenues. Uh, what you're seeing with low-cost, ultra-low-cost carriers around the world, though, is terrifically low fares, but it means that there are things that traditionally would have been uh, included are now going to be uh, charged for. You're also going to see more seats on board the aircraft that allows the airline to operate at a lower unit cost and then as a result be able to offer lower fares. So will there be a height restriction? Height restriction? Not at all. If, as long <laughs> I'm just talking the about the most door. more seats. You know, you figure anybody over the height of like, you know, five, nine is already crammed in there. How many more seats are we talking? Well, but if you look at, so we've announced that we're going to put this on um, 10 of uh, 10, 737-800 aircraft. Uh, that means there would be 189, cent, uh, 189 seats if we were to fill it to the maximum. But the, the, the shape of seats is changing as well. So okay. I am five foot nine and the new seats that we've recently put on, for example, actually carve out more room for your knees so that uh, even though you might be sitting in the same seat area or what we call the seat pitch there's actually more leg room available so we believe there's still room but it is a, it's a question of, of compromises so this is not uh, intended to be for everybody but if there is someone saying you know what I am willing to forego some of the creature comforts that might otherwise have been available but in the name of a lower fare uh, then I'm willing to do that and that's why we're seeing the explosion of ultra low cost carriers around the world that it's uh, it's a certainly a very rapidly growing segment of the market for the record i i should say i had no idea you're five nine that was just a, a number i picked out of the sky well, it's, it's actually the average canadian male is five foot nine and but it, but you know go to somebody who's six foot two right um, there's still if you can change the shape of the seat um then there's an opportunity to uh to still have a comfortable seat there's still an opportunity to have the exit row mm-hmm. but i think what you would see in the ultra low cost category is that you're going to pay for that exit row right. having said that the fare is going to be so offset that uh that it's certainly going to be worthwhile for a uh, for the price sensitive uh, segment of the travel market let's talk about the fare how low are we going to go here well, and this is what we're working on right now because we, uh, we're we about to now start work on where do we fly to, where do we fly from, where is this headquartered from an operational uh, perspective, and what sort of products and services are we going to have on board. So we've just had approval from our board of directors to say go forward with this, which is why we're uh, uh, announcing that uh, that is our intent for between now and the end of the year. But now the work begins in terms of uh, what is the brand, where are we flying to and from, and what those, uh, those low prices look like. What are the short hops for uh, WestJet right now? Because, you know, I mean, I've flown across Canada pretty much on WestJet, and I have flown to Europe on WestJet, but are there a lot of short hops? Well, no, I do want to be clear. This isn't about short-haul travel. The 737-800 is the largest of the narrow-body planes that we have, so that plane today is intended to be flying for upwards of uh, six hours. So this isn't intended to be uh, regional flying. We have... uh, 
Bombardier Q400 regional uh, turboprops to go into the smaller markets. This is intended to be uh, transcontinental. This could be going internationally to some destinations. It could be going to the uh, to the United States. That's exactly what we're working on now. But it is intended to take what is uh, uh, the biggest of the narrow body planes that we have, uh, densifying the number of seats on board uh, by uh, by uh, by a few, and then being able to offer lower fares. So is this Richard? Is this WestJet's way of saying, wait a minute, we're sick of losing uh, some of our business to the states a lot of people hopping over to buffalo to take those cheaper flights yeah i mean part of that is and that's one of the frustrations that we have as a, uh, as an airline community here in canada is the tax and fee structure in canada is uh, is considerably higher than it is in other jurisdictions around the world and in fact if you look at the 135 countries with major air service i believe we are second last in terms mm. of the competitiveness of our of our taxes and fees and, and that's a big reason why people do travel across the border is, is for those those taxes and fees that gets dampened somewhat by uh, the uh, the lowering Canadian dollar relative to the to the U.S. dollar, um, but this is really uh, people that it, it, it addresses a need of a segment of the market that is uh, even more price sensitive and would travel more if there were lower fares available and would be willing to to sacrifice some of the amenities that would otherwise have been available. And we're talking about m- middle class family travel. Yeah, well, it could be, yeah, it's certainly intended to be leisure travel as opposed to business travelers. Uh, business travelers, we know, are looking for schedule and network connectivity, and we'll pay a premium uh, for that. But you are looking at families and leisure travelers who are saying, I'll forego some of the other elements that may have been included, uh, but it does allow us affordably to travel, as, as, you, as you pointed out, as a, as a family. All right. So this agreement right now is subject to, well, the, the plan is subject to agreement with your pilots. As well, is yeah, that correct? We've got, yeah, we've got to talk to our pilots and then regulatory approval and work mm-hmm. with uh, uh, work with the the regulatory agencies that would be in, involved in this. But uh, it's our expectation that even including all of that, that we can be up and running by uh, by end of year. All right. Well, that's good to hear. I'm sure a lot of people uh, looking for another option as far as uh, not driving across the border and getting on some of those uh, lower cost airlines in the states. Thank you so much for joining us, Richard. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate your time. Richard Bartman, VP of Marketing and Communications at WestJet, talking about how they're going to launch an ultra low cost, cost no frill carrier. As I said before, I mean, I like the idea of flying cheaper, but we're pretty much bare bones already, aren't we, on most of our flights? I I don't remember the last time I received a meal that I didn't have to pay for. And frankly, I don't care because I'd rather bring a semi on the flight. I know what it's going to taste like.